Hey, if you've suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the website, DaspitLaw.com. Trapped in the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Human Centipede with John and Lance. I'm not sure which end Bell is going to join. 901 here on the bench, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joining us right now from ESPN, Texas beat writer. DJ Bienemy joins us. We do this on, on Fridays at this time. He's all over the radio station on all the different shows. DJ, what's up, man? How we doing? You, you staying alive out there in that heat? Besides, I know you guys feel how the sun is literally in our bedrooms. It's un- how hot it is outside. Man. We're so breaking records on a daily basis. So, how many how many practices are are held inside the bubble? Since I've been covering Texans training camp this year, I believe one and it was a walkthrough. I think they're outside yesterday in the heat. I remember talking to one player. He was like, man. It was hot outside. I'm like, man, why am I facing like that? She said, man, I don't know. <laughs> Some real junction boys. Type and you stuff. play, but you play indoors too. Like I get trying to acclimate yourself to the heat, but at some point, man, it wears you down. Yeah, we know the the difference because the Miami Beat writers are in town and we're complaining. And we know, uh, DJ would know as well, that South Florida can be different when it comes to weather. But even the Miami guys went, this is tough. Uh, what they what what Houston reporters and players are dealing with. DJ BNMA joins us, and you have an article out right now, a piece out on ESPN.com, and it it's about at least part of it is about CJ Stroud responding to the questions of him not being named the starter. We read we read the quotes earlier. He says he ain't tripping. He just does what's on his plate out there because in my eyes, it's almost like a roll your eye situation. We all know what's happening. We all know when it right. it's going to happen. Is that kind of right. just a feel? We're just waiting for D'Amico to finally say what everyone knows is going to happen? Yeah, that's just what it is. Because, again, I can understand, like, the, uh, you know, it, but it looks like it's Jedi mind tricks, trying to make Baltimore guess, trying to make Baltimore pin. Well, if he really was trying to do that, start Davis Mills in a couple of preseason games. You really want to do that. You're starting CJ Stroud in every single preseason game. The reports are he's taking first-team reps since, early August, so for the entire month. Like, David Smith hasn't had a single rep first-team offense since, I want to say, late July. He hasn't had a single first-team rep. And, like, that's been reported. So, like, all John Harbaugh has to do, go on Twitter and Google, TJ Sharp, first-team reps, and he'll see TJ gets all the first-team reps. Or you can go online and go to read through articles and, you know, all right, CJ has all first-team reps. All right, this is who's going to start. Right? And today, starting the, all the preseason games. So, I'm not really too sure what's the what's the point of not naming a starter, but you know, niggas can do what he wants to do. I don't really understand what he's truly gaining. Because again, like you say, oh yeah, he's a starter now, like that's that's just nipped in the bud. And now we don't have to like continue the charade. But you know, Demico's a first year head coach. You know, these are things that sometimes like first year head coaches don't fully grasp and, you know, they may overthink the situation and think, hey, I'm just trying to focus on this and focus on that. Well, I mean, just say he's going to be a starter and then 
you can focus on other things, you know, and not to worry about having to officially name the guy the starter, you know. So it feels like it, it feels like since it's his first year, he wants to create a culture of competition, and he is, you know, he's holding out the same rules for everyone. Hey, no, it's not. It's always going to be a competition. The reality is, he could treat. I think he could treat the quarterback position and the second pick of the draft a little differently in the sense that it's probably time to name him, just like the Colts named Anthony Richardson earlier. This is getting to be later. Just name him. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I don't think C.J. Stroud is concerned about it. I think there's an understanding that he's going to be the starter. But it's just one of those things I know it bothered Dell. Something that bothers me is bad offensive line play. Um, it was interesting. The Texans made a trade. Kind of went a little bit under the radar, but Josh Jones, former University of Houston left tackle and right tackle, the Texans traded a fifth rounder to him to Arizona for Josh Jones, who is in the last uh, year of his contract, and he has 21 starts in the NFL. Now, is he a full time starter? I don't. On most teams, I don't know about that. But what I do know is this is a pretty clear sign, DJ, that number one, the Texans understand that Titus will be out at least week one and maybe beyond. But I think this is yep. also an understanding that, hey, we want to have enough depth, quality depth, that we are not going to get our young quarterback hurt. And uh, you have eventually Charlie Heck will make it back, you assume. You'll have Josh Jones. You'll have four starting tackles with NFL experience. I give them a lot of credit for making this Josh Jones pick up and recognizing, hey, this is just not going to be good enough if we don't do something. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a bunch of layers going into the point, the excellent points that you're making, right? First point, I let's suggest the elephant in the room, right? So Titus probably is going to be ready week one. He's still the cast, right? So he's probably not going to be ready week one. Because again, like week one is, what was it, August 25th? Like we're going right around the corner now. You know what I'm saying? Like we're like two Sundays away from week one. Um, so that's, that's the first step. The other elephant is, in all honesty, George Spent has looked shaky. So if George Spent looks shaky and he's your swing tackle, he, like during George Spent, there were times where Jim Phillips was having his way. And the, the Ravens front has a good front. Now, do they have a superstar pass rush? No, but they have guys that can get to the passes. So, okay. And we all saw throughout preseason that the biggest drop-off at each position where every position from starter to backup isn't quarterback. It's from starter offensive alignment to backup offensive alignment. So if you can get quality depth, then that's something you have to do because people are going to get hurt. It is what it is. And you don't want your weakest link to be a guy that has no business being out there because we, we all three of us know when there's a backup offensive lineman that has no business being out there, he can ruin offensive plays. He can turn a First and ten into a second and fifteen in the blink of an eye because he doesn't like he's just not capable. So I think that that's also a player. I think the final point is we all know CJ is not going to be one of those guys that can play at least year one with a with a muddy pocket. So you have to give him as clean of a pocket as possible on a consistent basis for him to operate because that New England Patriots game was probably the most pressure he saw the whole time in his his whole entire college career. You know, that's probably the most pressure you've ever seen in a two-city sta- uh, uh, standpoint in his entire college career. We know what type of quarterback he's going to be at least year one. Now, can he grow and develop, and develop more pocket awareness and be able to maneuver in the pocket better and understand how to play in muddier pockets? Yeah, but but year one, that's just probably not going to be his, his, his bag. 
So when you have all those three three things combined, Titus, Chad, TJ's play style, it behooves the Texans to add more depth there, knowing that the last thing you want is CJ running for his back. So we saw the pictures, what that looked like. DJ, now that tra- training camp is over, I'm sure you entered into it with a big question that you wanted to answer, probably several. Can you give us what that question was and was it answered about this Texans team? Yes, I think I actually had two questions. The one was, okay, how quickly could CJ get acclimated to the speed of the NFL and the, like the rhythm and time within the Kyle Shanahan West Coast offense? You know, obviously Bobby Slow's running it, but that, he comes from that tree. Because I know we always say the cliche of, oh, got to play in rhythm, got to, it's a timing offense. All right, everybody's a timing offense, but there's some teams that have a little more wiggle room. Where here, there ain't that much more wiggle room, right? You got to, when you hit that back foot, the ball got to come out, right? When Bobby calls a specific type of play, they're going to read a specific type of defender, and whatever he does, they're going to read off of that, and you got to throw it into the pitch and throw it to windows and throw guys open. And I want to see, okay, how can CJ get more comfortable with that? And from the first day of training camp, I think it was July 26th or 27th, one of the two days, to now, it's night and day from that operation standpoint. He looks much better. My other question was, will the receiver room be able to elevate CJ? And the answer to that is, I don't know. We're, they haven't answered that yet. Can they elevate him? Because when we look at all rookie quarterbacks that have immediate success, right? When we go all the way back to 2020 with the new CBA, where it, but who's going to start a, start a rookie quarterback in the top five? But who's you because of the rookie weight scale? The guys that have hit the ground running, Cam Newton, RG3, Baker Mayfield, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, guys like that. I'm probably missing a few guys in between that. But regardless, guys like that, they all had a guy that could get you 1,000 yards or would get you 1,000 yards, right? Cam had Steve Smith. RG3 had Pierre Garçon. Uh, Justin Herbert had 2,000-yard guys. Michael Williams and Keenan Allen. Baker had Jarvis Landry. Joe Burrow had Steve Higgins. So the guys that have hit the ground running and they showed those flashes, for the most part, they all had, even Andrew Luck, because he had T.Y. Hendricks. They all were 1,000-yard guys, right? The Texans, the only guy that's been a 1,000-yard guy is Robert Woods, but he's been hit that since 2020. Right. 2021, he tore his ACL. Um, and in 2022, it was a slow year in, with the Titans. So I was trying to see, okay, can the receiver elevate this guy? The answer right now is I don't know. Like it doesn't appear that that it's going to be more of a working the sliding scale versus hey I can just throw this ball this guy can even just make a play for me. So that question has not been answered yet, and I don't want to say that's the case yet until the games start. Because I want to see this receiving core against the Ravens, even though Mario Hopkins is going to be out there. But I want to see him against that defense, and I want to see them against the Colts, and then see him against you know the Steelers and Jags. That's what I want to see. So I'm going to get a good feel for, okay, can this receiving core elevate you? Because most rookies, year one quarterback-wise, they get elevated, right? Even Mahomes, like, granted, like his rookie year was he didn't, he didn't play much. But the second year, yes, he threw three touchdowns. But he had two Hall of Fame weapons and a Hall of Fame head coach, which elevated him while he was talented able to shine. So that's my next question that still hasn't been answered, and I want to see once the season gets here. That's DJ Bienname. By the way, how how do you pronounce your last name? I want to see if I'm pronouncing it right. 
You're close. You're like 95% close. Well, let's get in 100% then. BNMA. BNMA. Okay, perfect. DJ BNMA from ESPN. And uh, make sure you follow him. He's got a lot of great information. And a lot of times, now that Bill O'Brien's gone, there's actually more information that's allowed to come out uh, from practices, <laughs> things like that. So you actually get some good, some good uh, bits of information from him and talking about that. Did you write, by the way, did you write, um, you wrote the piece about, I was reading how all the rookie quarterbacks are doing at ESPN, on the ESPN site.com. Did you write that piece on CJ Stroud, what the coaches are saying, what, you know what I mean? Where it broke it down. Yeah, I was a part of that. Okay. So there was one part of that. There was one thing that was mentioned and it talked about Bobby Slowick, what the coaches are saying. And Slowick says something like CJ does a good job of recognizing his mistakes and pointing them out. He recognizes other people's mistakes. When I read that, I could all I could think of was is like a slick way to say. I don't know that this is the case, but is a slick way to say, "Oh no, he knows what he's doing wrong. He knows what other people are doing wrong." How is he like? Do you get a good vibe on CJ in terms of being a guy who is willing to eat certain things that other guys did wrong just to you know play the the lead quarterback role, you know, protect other teammates. You know what I'm saying? Is he going to, because Kyler Murray is known as not that guy at all. Do you get the sense yeah. that CJ's willing to take some, some hits that maybe he doesn't deserve if a wide receiver runs the wrong route? Like, what do you get from him in terms of that type of team leadership role? Yeah, I think CJ is a legitimate leader. Like, I think he's a natural born leader. Like he has, I talked to a lot of players. Um, Kamara, watch it. We're going to story about his leadership qualities, but it, like, he can command the huddle. Like, I remember Nico Collins telling me, like, he could feel that aura from the first time he got in the huddle with him in OTAs, right? CJ, before training camp, actually gathered the team. Like, they already did try to, um, before they had to report, but gathered the teams for bowling. Like, he sent out text messages to each, each position group, that hey, we're going bowling, this is an app, we're going to go at this time, at this spot. Let's all meet. Obviously, everybody kind of makes his standings out of out, but he organized that as a rookie. Like again, I've covered rookie quarterbacks that wasn't doing stuff like that, you know. And he, he did that, and every time we asked him about the quarterback, like not being named the starter, right? He always says, "Man, I'm not worried about that stuff. It's about us getting better as a team." And then, granted, yeah, that could be cliche stuff like that, da da da. But he's a legitimate. Like he, I think he legitimately believes that like, he's a team for his type of guy because. I think his locker is next to a defensive guy. His record actually next to LT and right next to um, Jalen Petrie. And then the other, on the other side is Kobe Francis. So he interacts with everybody. Like, that's one thing I heard about him at Ohio State. That's one thing I hear about, I see now. Because he's arrived from, from practice during training camp with Jalen Petrie to practice. You know what I'm saying? Just picking his brain, talking to him, learning more about him, building that bond. Um, they'll talk about gospel sometimes. They'll talk about current LA, I mean, LA rap. Basketball, and I used to always see him at the practice talking to the defensive backs just to ask what is what is he seeing, what are they seeing from him, and what is he seeing from them, right? And then asking them to pick his brain so he can be better the next day in terms of what coverage they're throwing at him. And so yeah, now he he's a legitimate leader like, across the board. Like you, you can get that vibe, you can get that sense. Because um, even like with you know he threw that pick, right? He could have. I don't, I don't know who he could throw on the bus, but like, if you want to throw somebody on the bus, you cool if I throw somebody under the bus. And he was like, nah, that's actually, that's, that's all on me. I said, check it down. It's a good play by two. Obviously, he was talking about Dylan Mills. And even when the O line was getting him, you know, beat like a pinata, he 
never even like hesitated to get thrown on the bus like at all, right? So he is a legitimate leader in that aspect. And I think he understands that at the quarterback position, you have to take the bullets because because players listen to pressures. They listen to pressures because I remember. Um, I know we all remember when Zach Wilson when he when when they went to go play New England and he had like the offense had two yards of total offense the whole second half and the reporter asked, hey, did you guys let the offense down? And he quickly said no. And the whole team, the whole defense turned on him at that point. And he lost his starting job for the rest of the year, basically. And when he came back, you know, it was basically going for him at that point. But we all know if you do not, as a quarterback, take the bullet, take the fall, and be the face of the franchise and understand what comes with that, it can backfire on you quickly. And I know CJ understands that. DJ Bienna May. Bienna May. There you go. I don't know how he can't do it. I can do it. Bienna May. There it is. There you go. Sounds like VMA sometimes. (laughs) Bienna May. We've had so much Eric Bienna me, you just get locked in. But DJ DJ Bienna May joins us uh, every Friday at this time. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to the final preseason game, see what the cuts look like, and then uh, we'll lock it in once we get ready for week one as well. No problem. No problem. You guys have a great rest of your day. All right, have a good weekend. 918-713-780-3776. You're listening to The Bench, and we start to – no, there's just no telling what's going to happen next uh, on the show. I want to talk about Eli Apple and his baby mama. That's messy. It is messy. I like messy. Are you, do you like messy? I like messy. Are you sure you're willing to do this? I'm not going to – what? I'm just going to read what she said. No, no, I know. Are you sure you want to get this messy? Why not? What else is there to do? I don't really have a problem with it. I just feel like I need to pretend like I don't. Like, like, like I'm like, like you're drawing a line and I'm going to cross it. Yeah, I'm letting you cross I'm this a, line. I'm a habitual line stepper. I'll do it. Well, this one's going to step the line. We'll hear Ryan Clark, who called to a thick, uh, basically called to a tongue of Aloha, a thick stripper from Onyx. Um, he's now apologizing. That was I knew that was going to happen, even though he basically doubled down right after it happened. We'll have that apology for you and. Uh, cornerbacks with baby mama drama that's a problem you know what they could probably use both of them maestro Bell. tequila makes everything better if you have the right tequila some tequila makes things much much worse those are the cheap ones those are the rock gut tequila you have it you drink it whether it's a shot or you're sipping it it's got that ah that burn it's it's not a favorable sound that you you hear this Whew. you know that sound that's what I have whenever I've had OGD shots with Lashane. It's that, ugh. But when you have Maestro de Bell, it's always, wow, this is really good. Mm, that's nice. It's a sipping tequila. It's a sipping tequila, and there's different types. There's Reposado. There is Añejo. There is the Cristalino, which they invented. The Añejo Extra. Uh, and then there's the Añejo Extra Cristalino, which is a high-dollar, fancy tequila that is as good as I have ever had in my life. And I've had... Sips of some of the best tequilas, and this is by far to me the very, very best. It's at the top of the top shelf. Maestro Dobel, wherever fine liquors are sold, you're going to find it. It's a top shelf tequila without paying top shelf prices, and it really goes great with everything, especially getting your weekend started. Maestro Dobel, wherever fine liquors are sold, if they don't have it, ask for it by name. It's Maestro Dobel. ESPN 97.5 on FM Radio. AM is stupid. Got him. 610, please. Ladies and gentlemen, 
We got him. John plus Lance equals a damn good start to your day. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. Would you like to give people a chance to win something, Lance? Sure. What are we winning? Well, we've been doing this all week. I know you're not you generally don't pay attention when I do a giveaway. You guys are too busy, I don't know, writing your next Dusty Baker Barb. But we've been giving away tickets all week long for the Cougars to for the Cougars game on next not this Saturday, but the next Saturday against UTSA. If we all remember last year's game, it was a thrilling one. Went to overtime. The Cougars held off UTSA and that one, the Roadrunners. So we're going to give you a chance to win some tickets at 9.30. Don't call in now. 9.30. We're giving away two tickets as the Cougars begin their inaugural season in the Big 12. This is not a Big 12 game, but this is their first season in the Big 12. We're going to give you a chance to see them. So caller 12 at 9.30 to 713-780-3776. was a pair of tickets to the University of Houston game on Saturday, September 2nd. You can also get a family four-pack, four tickets, four hot dogs and, and chips, four sodas, all for just $60. Go to uhcougars.com slash tickets nice. or call 713-GO-COUGS. Get your tickets today. Tickets also start at just $20. So remember, caller 12 at 9.30 wins two tickets to that game on September 2nd. The Cougs versus the Roadrunners. Caller 12 at 930. And I got a question. Speaking of four packs, did you see over the weekend, there's a variety of movie theaters. I want to make sure I get this right, including you've got Regal is one of them. You have, um, let's see, it's National Cinema Day on Saturday, on August 27th, which is going to be Sunday, I guess on Sunday. 30,000 screens at roughly 3,000 locations are going to offer $4 tickets for movies currently in the theater, including Barbie, Oppenheimer, and the new DC superhero Blue Beetle and Gran Turismo. So these are just some of them that you could go. John Wick 4, Little Mermaid. Um, Alamo Drafthouse, Regal Cinemas, which we have here. Cinemark Theaters, which we have. I think we have Cinemark. And uh, AMC Theaters, which we definitely have. That is going to be, that's going to be going on. So... The the effort ultimately grows. Uh, blah, 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 blah. In 2022, the average cost of a movie ticket was $11.75. Last year, it was $3 movie tickets. This year, it's $4. Um, I have not seen Oppenheimer yet. Usually, back in the day, I would have definitely have seen it by now. And I think, I'm, I think they're going to actually get me to go for the because $4. Because $4? Yeah, I think I am, unless there's going to be a bunch of other people, and I don't want to watch it with you. I like my movie theaters like I like I like my lunches Alone by myself and on a towel or with only one other. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Truth be told, I like that. I pick theater where I can have them bring me food and lay back in the recliner and have a blanket. Yeah, like you lay down in a blanket. Yeah, that's great. It's just I didn't know it has to cost so much money to have a reclining chair. Well, that and have the food. Yeah, it's like. Movie theater prices. I guess I should expect it. I guess I should. So four dollars. You don't want to see Oppenheimer and IMAX because apparently that's the experience. Yep. Let's get Albert in here. Albert wants to talk Texans. What's up, Albert? 
Yeah, I wanted to talk to you guys about the, the Texans owner. You guys, I think you're being a little hard on the guy. Cal McNair? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe he didn't need that job. Maybe he's doing, you know, the best he can. Maybe maybe he just had a different dream, a different five year plan. Maybe maybe his dream is to be the the, the toy train appraiser on MT's roadshow, and then and then somebody just bust into his playroom, and they were like, "Hey, hey, put down that gogurt and get over to the stadium because because you're in charge now." Maybe he didn't want to do it. Do you think and he has to? May, you think he has to drink one of the gogurt where you open the gogurt and? Because I know squeeze? what you're talking about, and you squeeze it out. You think that's what Cal was doing? Maybe he likes that. Maybe, maybe this, he just grew up eating those. We don't know. And he didn't even want this job until Hannah promised that Aramark would still cut the crust off his bologna sandwiches over at the stadium. And so he was like, fine, fine, I'll do it. And you think we're being but hard on him? You think we're being too hard on him? Yeah. I mean, and the, the Hoover makes those Hodor jokes. I mean, jokes on you, actually, because if, if you think about it, that that guy saved the life of the future king, and so maybe maybe he's sure. maybe he's holding maybe he's holding the door open to the road to the Super Bowl. How about, about that? He feels yeah. dumb now. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. No, I mean no. Boom is right. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Albert. Uh, I actually, to be honest with you, I hadn't thought about that. That maybe hey, he is not... holding holding the door open to the Super Bowl. But but the door was hold, held closed to allow. Brand and others to escape. Well, but maybe in this instance, we're holding the door open. Because I, I, if if Hodor held the door open, everyone would be dead. Well, but did the future king live? Because he held the door closed. And I would argue that maybe they should just open it because I hate Brand. I hate it. Th- yeah, and I don't hate him if for any good reason. I mean, he's just some kid gonna... walking around in a wheel or just rolling around in a wheelbarrow. And he treated his his the, the girl who was pushed him around for like three seasons really awfully at the end. Uh, he's just like, oh, okay, bye, and then she disappeared from the show. Yeah. So if if I if I were to have known that at least in the show ending that Bran was going to become the king, I would have asked for Hodor to let let, let yeah. these let those Walking Dead things bologna kill sandwiches. Him. We're be ah, crust off bologna we sandwiches. That, we're being too hard. We know that Cal likes to grill. I don't think he's reducing himself to bologna sandwiches. No, that guy's way out of line. Yeah, hey Albert, you're way Albert, out of you, line. You were way out of line with what you said. I there. think you are very rude to Cal. I like what Cal's doing right now, letting football people do football stuff, and he happens to have the right football people in. At least, you know, we it, think. It we know it's like not it. the we know it's not for sure the wrong ones. Yeah. Now, Cal hasn't had to deal with much controversy at, during his time as the owner outside of, you know, his team not being very good uh, or mean, hiring Desha- awful coaches or Deshaun. Desha- I know. Yeah, not much other than 24 small hand yeah, towels. But, well, you don't know how many hand towels are used. But, They've gone higher. Oh, yeah, it could be more. But how would Cal handle this? Now, let's say Deshaun was a new signing like Eli Apple is for the Dolphins. And a story comes out featuring Eli Apple and the woman who had his child. I don't really like the baby mama phrase. So I'm going to say the woman who bore his child. She goes by the name of, I guess she goes by a couple names. But her name is Ari on Instagram. Okay. And she has had... Less than complimentary things to say about one Eli Apple. We found someone ruder about him than, Ty- than Tyreek Hill. That That's an upset. What did Tyreek say? You know, Tyreek Hill and Eli Apple had their back and forth because of the Bengals Chiefs playing a couple times in championship games. And Tyreek, Tyreek said, I think, when the Bengals were going to face the Dolphins, that I'm, I got you, Eli. I'm coming after you because apparently Eli Apple was very disrespectful when the Bengals upset the Chiefs in the AFC title game now a couple seasons ago. So... I guess on Instagram it's Ari, but her name is Destiny, and I asked you to spell it 
and you got it wrong. Yeah, I couldn't have seen this. Coming. It's D E S T A N I. And she says Eli Apple is a bad father. And she took the Instagram so? to explain. She, well, you know she thinks he's a bad father because she wants a bounty on his knees. She asked any, on his niece? knees? Knees. Oh. Knees. Bounty on his knees, knees is actually not as bad as bounty on his knees. Yeah, that would be worse. If he has a niece, if you go, this is what she put on her Instagram story. If you play against my baby dad this season, please go for his knees. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Maybe may a hammy. I don't know how you purposely injure someone's hammy. I know how you could get at someone's knees. So she may be asking a little much about his hammies. Deep bone brute. No, yeah. I don't know how they would tear the hammy. If they could tear it off the bone, that's going to keep little, him out for the year. It's a little difficult to do. Does that pay? What's well, the what's did she say what the Well uh, she said she would pick she would zell anyone who gets fined. Now I don't know how much money she has or does she know what a fine in the NFL is for purposely hurting someone, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure she's gonna back it up with the Zell payment because those fines can be hefty. The NFL will come after you if they deem that you're purposely hurting another player. So and they she has text messages and screenshots of those text messages between her and Eli Apple and it's ugly. Um, if you, I don't know if they're still up, but you can find it. You can go to Larry Brown Sports. I'll be honest. I feel like if you're going, to, that's pretty tough action. So she's mad at, and apparently Eli's been even worse, according to her. We don't know what's we real, don't know what isn't. True. But she says he has been a during her pregnancy. He wasn't great. Um, she talks about. Then he tells me he has a sex problem, and I'm the sixth pregnant woman in three years. The others just had abortions, but I'm already 14 weeks at the Good time Lord. of this confession. Apparently, she's accusing Eli Apple of being a person who pushes for abortions, and she just refused. It's an ugly back and forth. It's out there. I don't have to read all of it, but just know. if you're That's like, your team. Yeah, it's a, it's a messy cornerback room. Like, Jalen Ramsey's the least messy of them all, and that's saying something because Zavin Howard was being sued or is being sued for allegedly releasing, let's say, just say a sex tape. The woman accused him of filming and then sh- sharing a sex tape. He and his lawyer have said those are unfounded allegations, and she's only going after him because he refused to pay her money in the past. So she's trying to get money out of him that way. So the Dolphins' corner's messy. Eli Apple, good luck. Keep those. Watch out for those knees. I'd wear knee braces. Yeah. If I were you. The rare cornerback wearing a knee brace. Yeah, I'm sure Austin Eckler's going to try to take out your knees in week one because watch out. there's money that he could get, and hey, she'll pay his fine. They don't, don't mess around and end up in a game against Jonathan Taylor. He's trying to find ways to make money. Well, Jonathan Taylor might be a teammate Yeah, pretty soon. Could be. Let's break it here because we got, before we get the news of the word, we have two other, um, and by the way, do we have a winner, Sean? Yes, we do have a winner. Okay, we have a winner for the 12th caller for the Cougar tickets, so you don't need to call anymore. Um, two people had some missteps. One apologized and one did not. We'll tell you how that's go- how that's going on, and then we'll get to News of the Weird. It's 934 here on the bench, 713-780-3776. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sweet Sassy Molassie. Sweet. Sassy Molassi, get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown as the Spurs beat the Heat. (laughs) 
Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's time to rejoin the undisputed best sports talk show in Houston. It's clearly John and Lance, except no substitutes. We all put our foot in our mouth a little bit from time to time. Sometimes we don't believe we did. Sometimes we get belligerent and battle against it. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we apologize, whether it's our words or our actions. Two things that have been on the show that we recently discussed. One is Ryan Clark laughing at Tua saying, we know one thing he didn't do was work out this offseason. He's thick in his butt, his legs, like an onyx dancer, uh, which would be a, you know, female stripper. And, uh, well, Tua was asked about, I thought it was out of line. Tua was asked about it. Dolphins fans were really pissed, but Tua um, was asked about it at camp, and he just kind of he was kind of hemming and hawing. And he said, "Look, I'm Samoan. It's big in our culture. Respect is big in our culture. You know, basically, he said enough is enough. That was crossing the line a little bit. And if we need to get scrappy, I'll get scrappy. Kind of through that, and keep my name out your mouth. As as his answer went on, he started he got feeling more it. and more Brass. assertive. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Clark." had doubled down basically i'm not taking back what i said i meant it and then all of a sudden after he kept taking heat from dolphins fans and probably some people behind the scenes probably got to him as well here was ryan clark making a hostage apology video in a bathroom somewhere i think if i've offended you too if i've hurt you if i've disrespected you if anybody that supports and loves you feels some sort of way because of what i said i truly apologize I had two priorities when I started this job. Number one, respect the players and the executives and the coaches that make this game run. Number two, it was earn the respect of those very same people and more importantly, keep it. Anything contrary to that, then I gotta check myself. Now, don't get me wrong, my ego was involved. When Tua was asked about how he felt about these comments and he said, keep my name out your mouth, yeah, my first thought is, or what? Or he says he's scrappy. I think to myself, man, I fed my family on violence. I ain't tripping on that. But that's the pride that doesn't enable me to see what this dude's going through. The constant criticisms, the constant scrutiny, constantly being questioned, feeling the stress of always having to prove yourself just to show people you can be available. And then you work throughout the entire offseason, which I talked to his trainer and said, that man was in there three times a day to build himself up to be healthy. And you got to hear a comment like this. So I get it. I get it because I do want to respect to a tongue of Lord. I get it because I want his respect too. So to the Miami Dolphins, to head coach Mike McDaniel, who I have a ton of respect for, but most of all, to Tua Tungabaloa and his family, I deeply apologize. I've reached out. I hope to talk to you soon, brother. But just know, I wasn't questioning the way you work. I wasn't yes, questioning how much it mattered to you. Yes, you were. It was what I can consider now a bad joke. Hey. But for me, it's been a lesson. And come on my podcast. I'll be better. Yeah, that's what it'll be. I'll wear my podcast hoodie to promote it without promoting it. And I hope to talk to you soon. On my podcast. To his credit, he, you know, that was a real apology. Now, he did throw, he did have a little sneaky little, you 
pointed this out. He wanted to make sure you knew one thing, though. He fed his family on violence. He wanted you just to know, at I'm first, not, it was a, my ego speaking because I knew I would whoop your ass yeah. if we... Like, he basically wanted Tua to know that. Like, no, see, you can say we can get scrappy, but look here. I'm not backing down. If we got to fight, we got to fight, and I'll safety. beat your ass. I was a safety is what he was trying to tell you. He fed your family on control he safety. Controlled saw, violence in a in a sport. I saw so many videos of him. Somebody put some videos. He would have been a targeting machine. Yeah, he wouldn't have survived. Mm-hmm. He would have been sus- kicked out of games. He would have been suspended because he wouldn't have been able. They the rules that they've set in, set in place. He would have ignored at least the way he played. He he wouldn't have been a modern safety. No, he would have had to change a game. What are we doing here? Are we even playing football? Would have been something That's he said something at some he point. Said, yeah. Um, and then there was what's the guy's name? Pablo. It's Rubiales. That's his last name. He yeah. is the still the current president of the Spanish Soccer Federation. He, if you remember him, or even if you don't, he Luis, not Pablo, Luis Rubiales. I was yeah. just going to go if you Pablo's call him brother, Pablo. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Pablo's not his brother. You just made that up. If if you were up and about, you probably didn't see it live, but you might have seen it later. He, let's just say, force kiss. I guess some people call well, it. Well, well, Spain won the World Cup. Spain won the World Women's Cup. Women's World Cup. And if you know European soccer celebrations or really any, any celebrations, they used to just go up into the stands and receive the award. Now they put up a dais on the field, and all the dignitaries are out there. The people who run the different federations, who 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 hosted the World Cup, all those things, and it's like a line of tribute. The players walk by, they get a medal, and they shake hands and they hug all all the people in suits who don't play, except for this. Except for this, where Luis decided he wanted to get a kiss in with the number ten for Spain, Jenny Hermoso. It looks like he just grabbed her by the face. They kissed each other on the lips. It looked consensual to me. And then, <laughs> okay. and then it was just a real quick, you know, just a quick aggressive power kiss. Uh-huh. And then on she went, and then he gave her a little tap on the butt. He didn't do that. He did not actually do that. He was criticized for grabbing his crotch in celebration, with, not while he was kissing her, but while he was uh, while he was looking at the coach who's under fire for his actions towards some of the women on his team and the, and the women who didn't who didn't even wait wait the same guy grabbed his crotch. Yeah, he grabbed his crotch. He had, he apologized for that, but he will not ap- apologize for let's just say what he calls a consensual kiss with one of the players. Initially, the thought was he was going to resign today. Huh. That was the report yesterday, and then a report came out this morning where he said, I'm not going anywhere. Like he had made the decision he, to resign. That's what people and thought. And then what did he say today? He was Leo in Can you w- read? Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not effing leaving. Can you read what he said? This is kind of uh, It is spectacular. Yeah. Um, it's not something an American executive, like Vodka, when he got fired, he didn't go, um, no, F you fake feminist. I'm not, well, he got fired for different reasons, not for making out with Alex Morgan or anything. But Luis Rubiales the still current president of the Spanish Football Federation, says this. Did you think this incident is so serious that I should go after the best management in the history of Spanish football? Let me tell you, I'm not going to resign. I am not going to resign. I'm not going to resign. I've come under a lot of pressure. Perhaps some people look to remove me on Monday. But we live in a country of laws. Is this a consensual, is a consensual kiss enough to remove me? I'm going to fight until the end. I hope the law is followed and that there's no reason it won't happen to remove me. Happen. In a moment of euphoria, I grabbed that part of my body. This is him apologizing for grabbing his crotch. I was looking at coach, coach Jorge Vilda, 
We've been through a lot this year. People have wanted to do the same to Vilda, and that people are doing to me with a false narrative. We suffered a lot. I got very emotional and lost control. I must apologize to the queen, the infanta, and the royal household. My sincere apologies. And that's where the apologies end. Yeah. Because he does not feel like he should be at fault for making tell out. Tell him how he said tell him how he said it went down. Okay. This is his this is his breakdown of the particular incident. Hermosa, which is the woman he kissed, had missed a penalty. That's a neg, by the way. We call that a neg. Okay. I have a great relationship with all the players. In the moment that Jenny arrived, she lifted me up off the ground. We almost fell over. We hugged. I said, Forget about the penalty. You've been fantastic. We wouldn't have won the World Cup without you. She said you're great. I said, a kiss? And she said, yes. There it is. There it is. Case closed. Where's my gavel? <laughs> Are you going to rule in favor of Luis? Where's my gavel? Someone's taking his gavel, so you can't make a ruling. My freaking gavel. I bought that on Amazon. <laughs> Why would you leave your stuff around here? Take it to your office. Where's my damn gavel? Yeah, so, oh, he was about to yell at people. His, his gavel was just hiding behind things. Case closed? Case dismissed on the basis of his testimony. Yeah, that's the only. Te- okay, here's. I'll I'll do you one better. We ask Hermosa, Hermoso, should he be gone? Should he resign? And if she says no, that's it. Well, if we, she says yes, that's it. So you're thumbs you're, up, thumbs down. We're gonna do the whole. Uh, what was the movie Gladiator thing? Yeah, Commodus. Thumbs up, yep. thumbs down. She gets to choose. I'm looking at this again, and to, I'm looking at the video. You can again. see her lift him off the ground. Yeah, and make well, him kiss. Well, her. he's hugging a lot of the players. And Does he say a kiss? Can you see it? I don't know his what vessel. a kiss. I don't. I can't well, relive. But I can't see your face. So I don't know if she's like yes. I don't know if she says yes. See, according to see, see, according to him. But we can't. See, see. We can't see her face. We just see the back of her. And he kissed her, and he's saying, "I'm not effing leaving." Lenga, no. I think that's tongue. Uh, we call what he what he's doing. We call ten, do, ten toes downs. Strong in the paint. He ain't going nowhere. No, no, no. You're I like that f- man's taking a stand. We got the four. You Let like that? You you sure you want to? I've decided. You sure you want to say that? I've decided he should take a stand. It's better for this show. <laughs> it is. Sometimes I make decisions based on what's best for the show. So you've decided. I think John should be able to take a crack at this one. There, there. Two. Since it's all in Spanish, the audio won't be. I guess it'll be helpful for some people, but. He says at one point they're trying to do they're not trying to do justice. They're trying to do a social murder. They're trying to kill me. There it is. Cancel. That's what he means. Yes, he mean he means social cancel. murder is the same as cancel. In Spanish, social murder means cancel. And her t- one of the teammates of Jenny Hermoso, I I heard you, Sean. We're gonna go to break right after this. Alexia Putella says, It's unacceptable. Or Putellas. It's over. We are with you, teammate. So they don't agree with the president not resigning. See? The team's with him. Everyone no, else... the team is with her, not him. Oh, they are? They don't agree with him not resigning. Oh. Well, then that's a twist. We just had a twist. You, didn't, you thought the women would side with him? Yeah. He, look <laughs> how good he's done for them. He helped them win a World yeah, Cup. the best management in Spanish football history. That's what we heard. That's what he told us. Yes. 949. We get back. A truncated news of the weird, but a news of the weird nonetheless. Seven one, nah, don't worry about phone, the phone call. Do I have a live spot here, Sean? I'm done. We come back, news of the weird. I'll see how it feels to actually make one up. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter patter. Well, pitter patter. Let's get at her. Time now for news of the weird with John and Lance. Weird. Weird. 
It's weird. News of the weird. News. News. News of the weird. And I don't know how weird this is, Dell. You tell me. Um, but I'll read it anyway. Billie Eilish has been praised for flying economy despite having $30 million in net worth. I think that is weird. If you have $30 million in net worth, pay the extra money and get the extra yeah, leg space. I think that's weird. Why punish yourself for, I guess, to impress people? Like, I, I get you don't want to fly private because, you know, your carbon footprint or whatever you want to call it, but... Average people who save money just for a vacation will fly first class. You can't fly. You've earned that money. Fly first class. Who cares? Yeah. Anyone who begrudges her, it's not like she stole that money from a charity and now she's using it for ill-gotten gains. She earned that money. Fly first class if you want. In Ocala, Florida, a man wearing a T-shirt on the back that said, I'm the reason the beer is always gone T-shirt was charged with DUI. Surprising. After deputy said he was driving almost... Three times over the legal limit. Yes, he is a professional beer disappear guy. He disappears beer. I think that's an accurate I like shirt. people to be self-aware, and he understands who he is. I, I would just ask that he not drive while he's making beer yeah, disappear. But he told you who he is. He understands. He makes the beer disappear, and I trust, I believe him. Sometimes you have to believe when people tell you who they are, you got to believe him. Yeah, Luis Rubiales is telling us. Who he is, and we have to believe him. Yeah, he's a consensual kiss guy <laughs> and the best manager in Spain Women's Cup history. No, he says Spanish football, so I think that means even the men's team who won a World Cup. What they did, what he and the manager did was the best job in Spanish football history. A woman from Nixa, which is, I don't know, someplace in Missouri, is being arrested for first-degree arson. Patricia Williams, 42, is being held in Greene County Jail for arson and other warrants after an incident on August 11. According to Probable Cause Report, police arrived at the scene and saw smoke coming from the back door with people standing out front. The report states that witnesses inside the house saw Williams pour gasoline from a soda bottle onto clothes and then the floor of the laundry room. Williams then lit Takis on fire. <laughs> I was wondering what the weird part she of the story was. She lit Takis on fire. That's disgraceful. And tossed them onto... The uh, onto the uh, the gasoline. Are Takis in a cellar? Well, this is what I. <laughs> that's my question. I know what they do to your insides, but what do they do for a fire? Takis and hot Cheetos. And by the way, if you're going with Takis, it's I'm Takis over hot Cheetos. But I recognize. I'm a traditionalist. I go with hot Cheetos. It will do damage to you. But I just want you to know what you're eating can literally catch fire. I hope I find out that Takis are are an accelerant. And that's why she used them. It burns hotter than normal than normal fire if you throw Takis on. There's trace amounts of lighter <laughs> fluid in it or something. Yeah. Just see. Does it feel like when you're taking a dump? Oh, see, you're aggressive. Takis are hot. See, I said what they do to your inside. He had to go to a different well, level. Well, speaking of that. Um, There's it's, more? It's something no one wants to discover when they lift the lid of an unfamiliar toilet. A skid mark. <laughs> Luckily, scientists say they have a solution to these. We're, we got scientists this on this. This is not weird. No Everyone knows you don't want to see a skid mark. So you're Chinese, a doctor, huh? What are you working on? Chinese researchers. You, you've gone to school for eight years. <laughs> Chinese researchers in the uh, wet market had developed a non no, not the wet market. Had developed a nonstick toilet bowl surface. There's the weird part. They developed nonstick toilet bowl surfaces that can make toilet brushes obsolete. The team from the whatever university, science and he technology. Want to, he didn't want to butcher a name. They use 3D printing technology to fabricate what they call an abrasion-resistant, super slippery flush toilet. 
A-R-S-F-T. Well, if you could guarantee me that if I opened up a public toilet and I didn't see the remnants of somebody else's waste, I would be happy. I just don't know how much needs to be put into it. I'll be honest with you. This is not news of the weird. It's this not is that news weird. Of the, this is news of news this is of why China is beating us. Because, because they, they think of stuff like this. Our kids are running around eating Takis. We got grown women Setting starting fires. Pickleball. We got pickleball idiots out is there every playing. Kid bu- is every kid who buys Takis a potential arsonist if we're going by what that woman did? Why? No, it's, it creates arson in your gut. Yeah. And how about this? We got professional athletes. Our professional athletes are funding pickleball. Theirs are probably giving money to science to figure out. You know what's the nastiest thing to do? When you open that toilet up, you go, oh, God, that's terrible. This is why China's beating us. But They're already ahead of us is, on this kind is of Is it nastier than going into our restrooms at a point in time in, in the history of the station where no. you would find poo in the garbage can wrapped up? Well, I can't. I don't. I, no. That's news you, of the weird, it's too. Not, and I'm not lying. I don't want he to talk. He knows I'm not lying. This is uh, it's it's real. a dark time in this for this building. It was a dark time. <laughs> and finally, Emmy Buono, an Italian only fan, an Italian model who has her own OnlyFans content that was pornographic. Uh, her boyfriend's family saw the leaked content. She's now being harassed with ugly, inappropriate things being said to her, even when she's with her mother. That's not and weird. And she says, I don't want to become a saint, that's for sure, but I want to distance myself from people who judge me and people I meet on the street. I want to enter the convent to find some peace and well-being. She's going from OnlyFans to the convent. She's been shamed into being a nut? Shame! Hey, the high sparrow couldn't do it. Maybe finally Italy's going to do it. That's going to do it. Coming up next, the usual suspects, Jeremy and, not Jeremy, uh, Joel Blank and Barry Laminac. So keep it right here on ESPN 97.5. Have a great weekend. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. We control the spice. The spice extends life. The spice expands consciousness.